Now, before we get going, I want to cover a couple of things here. First of all, most important thing you need to know is, why were you born? And this is vital. And this shows you why this nation is under a curse because of all the abortions, because they're killing the most innocent of all. The next one is the keys to answered prayer. And we've got the CDs to go with it so you can really study. Because the most important thing in your Christian life is prayer. That way you have contact with God and God has contact with you. All right. Now let's continue on with our study today. Let's come to an important event. All right. Before we get there, let's come to Exodus 15, but let's do a little rehearsal before we get there. So turn there and let us ask the question. Is the Sabbath commemoration of an important event? What does it say in the fourth commandment? For in six days God made the heaven and earth, right? Is that not an important event? All right. That's why you keep the Sabbath. Now, why is that necessary? Because we're made a little lower than God, after the image of God, and we have minds to do a whole lot of different things. So, if you don't keep the Sabbath, you get lifted up in your own vanity and your own intellectualism, and you think you are so smart. And yes, people are smart. What did God say that he had, why he had to destroy the Tower of Babel? What did he say? Because anything that they imagine, they can do. Okay? So the Sabbath is important that you realize and understand your life comes from God. And everything that there is comes from God. And you live and move and have your being with him. And this keeps you in proper perspective with you and God and God with you. Okay? Now, the Passover. Is a Passover, does that mark two important events? What two are they? Number one, children of Israel, the firstborn being spared with the destruction of the firstborn of the Egyptians, right? Now remember, the sacrifice of the Passover in Exodus 12 and from that time forward was not for the forgiveness of sin. It was for the sparing of the firstborn. Right? So that's why, if you understand it correctly, it's the sparing of the firstborn for the covenant with Israel. Okay. Now then, for the Passover for the covenant with for eternal life, the sacrifice 
is God manifested in the flesh, who was what? What was he? What was he? The firstborn of Mary, correct? The only begotten of the Father, correct? Okay. When he was crucified, that was an important event, wouldn't you say? The key most important event besides the Sabbath. And his sacrifice then was for the forgiveness of sin and was the sacrifice of the firstborn, not the sparing. Remember, when you go back to when the children of Israel were in their houses in Egypt, when did the death angel come? Midnight. When was Jesus the firstborn of the Father and Mary? What happened on that Passover night? He was arrested to be crucified. Showing that God did not pass over his own son. Okay. Now then, let's come to the next holy day. First day and last day of unleavened bread. Okay. The first day is getting rid of leaven. And in the new covenant, it is also getting rid of sin. The last day, they went through the Red Sea. Was that an important event? I mean, open up the Red Sea 10 miles wide? Walk through? Yes, indeed. And for us, we have our sins forgiven, and God helps us through all the impossible tasks in our lives. Okay? Then we come to Pentecost. Was that an important event? Yes, for the children of Israel was giving of the Ten Commandments and statutes and everything of God. Correct? What was it for the New Testament church? Receiving of the Holy Spirit. That was an important event, right? Yes. There are two other important events with Pentecost. The heavens rolling back as a scroll and the first resurrection. Okay. Then we have Christ's return on trumpets with all the saints together. Okay, let's come to trumpets. What was that event? For the covenant with Israel, it was the success of their wars when they followed God. Okay, because it was a war feast. For the New Testament, it pictures two things. Number one, the first coming of Christ. Important event? Yes, indeed. And his final coming when he returns with all the saints together. So that is a monumental event, right? Don't you think the whole world's going to really celebrate that during the millennium? All right. What's the next one? Day of Atonement. What was that for the children of Israel? 
that was a covering for their sins every year and the placing of the sins on Azazel, who was a type of Satan released in a place not being dwelt in, the wilderness. Okay? For the return of Christ, Day of Atonement pictures what? The angel taking Satan, the devil, and the demons and putting them in the abyss and locking them up. Right? Okay. Now, Feast of Tabernacles. What did that picture? That picture, God living with his people. Now, there was a fulfillment of it with Solomon in his days after he built the temple. Okay. God put his presence in the temple at that time. And we have all of that. But for the New Testament, what is it for us? We rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years, correct? And we're the church of the firstborn made perfect, correct? All of that's tremendous. Then, the last great day, which is only mentioned twice in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament, that pictures the second resurrection. So every one of the holy days, Sabbath, which is holy, all picture important events. So it's no wonder when the world dismisses them as already been fulfilled, because they haven't been, or, as the Catholics say, the old law, so you don't have to do it. Okay? Now, Let's come to Genesis 15, because every one of everything that goes to the children of Israel and to the church started with Abraham. Okay? So this is one of the most important events in the Bible, Genesis 15, and we'll prove it later that this took place on a Passover day. So think about that. Okay? Genesis 15, in verse 3, Abram. Now, I want you to know when we read this, Think about how important it was that Abram obeyed God. Remember when he called him, much like our calling. said, you get up from your father's house and you go into land that I will show you. So he obeyed and went. And he said, I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now that's an amazing thing indeed. From one man. From one man. See? So, here he was, 85 years old, no descendants. How's God going to do that? Well, very carefully. (laughs) 
So, verse 3, Genesis 15. And Abram said, Behold, you have given no seed to me, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man shall not be your heir, but he who shall come forth from your own loins shall be your heir. Now think about that for a minute. After this promise was given, nothing happened for 15 years. Now, how long have you waited for a promise? Okay. Let's go. Verse 5. Now, remember, God cannot lie. So this is important. He brought him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and number the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your seed be. There he was, 75, no children, barren, wife can't conceive, and imagine they were trying really hard, okay? And God gave him this promise. Now guess how his faith had to be for that. Okay? Now, there are two promises here. One physical seed, two stars of heaven, the spiritual seed. And Jesus confirmed that by saying, those who the children of the Father in the kingdom shall shine forth as the sun. Okay? And he believed in the Lord. He said, so shall your seed be. He believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now let's see what happened here, because this sacrifice that is coming up is what is called a maledictory oath. Okay? Now understand this. In the Bible, whenever there is a covenant that is made, there has to be a showing forth of the symbolic death of the one giving the pledge. Okay? Which normally is the sacrifice of an animal. The Indians used to do it this way. They would take a knife, scoff their, their palm, and when they made a covenant, they would put their hands together, and the blood would mix with the blood, and they were bound to do it unto death. Okay. Now here is what happened. Now remember, it started out in the evening, and then he took them out at night and showed them the stars. Has anybody ever seen the stars of heaven at noonday? No, you can only see him at night. So that's at night, okay? So this has to be verse 7. I'm the Lord your God, verse 7. I brought you out of Ur, the Chaldeans, to give this land to inherit it. 
And he said, Lord God, by what shall I know that I shall inherit it? Okay? So all of those promises are general, sweeping promises of God that he's going to fulfill. Verse 9. And he said, Take me a heifer three years old, a she goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and two pigeons. And he took all of these to himself and divided them in the middle and laid each piece opposite the other, but he did not divide the birds. Okay? Now, I don't know how long that would take, but what he did, he cut them right down the middle, and then each half was laid opposite each other with a path to walk between. Now, the birds he didn't divide. Okay. Now, get the timing. This tells us it took a good deal of time. Verse 12. And it came to pass as the sun was going down. Now, we don't know how close to the horizon it was. We're not told. But a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. So what was this? This was a symbolic death that he experienced. Okay. Verse 13, And he said to Abram, You must surely know that your seed shall sojourn in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them and shall be afflicted, 400 years, and I will judge that nation whom they shall serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great substance. You shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good age. In the fourth generation they shall come here again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now that's another statement in itself. How long does God put up with wickedness before he finally judges? Okay. Quite a while. Now notice verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down. What happens when the sun goes down? What does that do? That ends the day, right? So we started out one day in, in the evening, up in the morning, then the afternoon, morning and afternoon, sacrifice of the, of the animals, and then the symbolic death of Abraham and the darkness. Now, we can see that that was probably at the same time that Jesus himself died on the cross, which was what? The sixth hour of the day or 3 p.m., right? Okay. So you see, before all the rest of the Bible was written, very difficult to understand the things that I'm explaining right now. But you the, who have studied this and know this, you can understand it, right? Okay? So think about that. That's what Peter also said, that you understand things that prophets and even Jesus said. They didn't understand. Okay? came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. 
into the second day, correct? Okay. So it's a two-day sequence. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp pass between those parts. Now, what do you suppose the smoking furnace was doing? Because this was a mammoth sacrifice, and it was God who was walking between those parts. And he was pledging his future death. This also shows that the God of the Old Testament was the one who became Jesus Christ. Okay. Now then, what do you suppose that smoking furnace did to those sacrificial animals? Burned them up completely and left just little stacks of ashes to show the veracity and absolute assurance that what Jesus, who was the Lord God of the Old Testament, said, what he told Abraham would take place. Okay? Now, this is the most important event in the Old Testament in relationship to the Holy Days. Because this is the beginning of the Passover, right here. And the burning lamp passed between those parts. Then he made a pledge and said, I've given this land, etc. Okay. Now then, let's go on and look at some other things. Okay. This was at 85 that this was given. Right here. Okay. 85. Now, we come over here, chapter 16, and verse 16, and it says, And Abram was 86 years old. Okay. Now, chapter 16 is important. What happened there? A big mistake. What was that mistake? Sarai, thinking she can help the fulfillment of God's promise by saying, you can go into my handmaid and you can have handmaiden and you can have children by her. And in the legal sense of the law at that time, that would be true. Okay. But that's not what God promised. So, what do we have? We have Ishmael, right? Has that been a problem ever since? Okay. Good lesson. You never help God fulfill his promises. Let him fulfill them his way in his time. Okay. Now then, remember what I said. Each party to a covenant must have a blood sacrifice. We saw the one with the three animals and two birds that God used. Abraham didn't walk through. He hadn't given any sacrifice. Now we come to chapter 17. 
So let's read the first couple of verses here. Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I'm the Almighty God, walk before me and be perfect. New Testament standard. And I will make a covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name be called Abram anymore. Your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and will make nations of you, and kings shall come of you. And I will establish my covenant between you and me, and your seed after you, in their generations for an everlasting covenant. And that is carried right down to today. in the physical nations. Now, this has nothing to do with conversion. This has nothing to do with eternal life. And I will give the land to you for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, You shall keep my covenant, you and your seed after you and their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed, After you, every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between you and me. A son of eight days shall be circumcised among you, every male child in your generation, he that is born in the house or bought with silver of any foreigner who is not of your seed, he that is born of your house and he that is bought with silver, must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Okay? When there's circumcision, what happens? There's blood. That was the sacrifice for the physical nation on Abraham's part. Okay? That had nothing to do with salvation. That had to do with the physical nations. Come to chapter 18. Okay. Now, a year later is when he gets the promise of Isaac. Okay. So, you can read that in chapter 18. All right. Then he is born... Chapter 21, let's turn there, Genesis 21, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord said to Sarah as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived, okay, 90 years old. Now, why did God do it that way? Why did God do it that way? Because you can believe when something that is impossible is accomplished by God. Okay? Can you imagine at 90, getting pregnant, and then nursing him for three years? Okay? I wonder what Sarah thought when she first saw, found out she was pregnant. And then when Isaac was born, 
Well, first of all, she laughed when she heard it of God, you know. And then God said to her, why did you laugh? Well, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did laugh. <laughs> okay. Because it was laughable. Okay. Let's see the sacrifice for the spiritual aspect of the spiritual seed, the stars of heaven. Because there had to be that sacrifice in order to complete the covenant that God made. There were two parts to that covenant, physical seed and spiritual seed. And the spiritual seed was a prophecy of the coming of the New Testament church and the plan of God expanding out with all those who would then be converted and brought in to the spiritual family of God. So this was a big deal. Okay? Now, Genesis 22 was probably also on a Passover. All right? We'll prove that in a bit just here, a little bit. Okay? Now then, Abraham was asked to do this when Isaac was about 15 years old. Okay? So from the time the promise was given until the birth of Isaac. Okay? It was 15 years. Then, by deduction, Isaac had to be about 15 years of age for this. Now think about the faith that Abraham had to have. Now this was also Important. I'm quite convinced that this occurred on a Passover day. Okay? So chapter 22, verse 1. It came to pass after these things, God called Abraham and said to him, Abraham? And he said, Here I am. And he said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac. Now think about that. Who's missing? Who's missing? Ishmael. Correct. Ishmael was not counted in the promises of spiritual seed. He was counted in promises of physical seed. Whom you love and go into the land of Moriah and offer him, therefore, burnt offering upon one of the mountains that I will tell you. Okay. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. Okay? Now, this took a lot of courage to do. Okay? Why was Abraham willing to do this? Where do you find the answer to that? Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Look at the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the answer finally came. Why did Abraham do this? Because he counted God worthy to raise him from the dead if he were sacrificed and died. So that's the faith. Okay. 
and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place afar off. He said to the young men, wait here. I and the boy will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. Now, let's look at it this way. Abraham was a type of God the Father. Isaac was a type of Christ. So the wood he placed upon him was a type of the crucifixion. Now notice, Isaac had to have a lot of faith too. But think of this. Here's your own father leading you off to sacrifice you. That's quite an important thing. Isaac didn't resist. And he took the fire pot in his hand. It says he took fire in his hand into King James. Well, you can't take fire in your hand. You'll burn it. So it had to be a fire pot with coals and a knife. And they both went together, and Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now notice what Abraham said. Here you're walking right up to the place that you're going to offer him. Okay? See? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went together. And they came to the place of which God told him, and Abraham built an altar there. What kind of altar was that? Of whole stone. And laid the wood in order, and he bound his son Isaac, and laid him on the wood upon the altar. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And an angel of the Lord called to him out of the heavens and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. But he said, here I am. (laughs) Okay, and he said, do not lay your hand upon the lad. So that shows he had to be about 15. Nor do anything to him For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Now that's quite a thing. Quite a thing indeed. Okay? Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram was entangled in the thicket with its horn. Now, I don't know how it got there. I don't know if an angel led it up there and stuck his horns in the thicket. I don't know if God created instantly a ram stuck in the thicket. That could be too. Because when they came up there, they didn't see it. And I'm sure they were looking around because what did Abraham say? God will provide a lamb. Isn't that what he said? So I imagine they were looking, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? You know, okay. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. A substitutionary sacrifice. Now then, how does that apply spiritually to us? 
What are the wages of sin? Death. Right? How do we die? A symbolic death. In baptism, right? Which is accomplishing a lot of things. Cleansing of sin, and it is your covenant pledge unto death that you will keep your promise to God. Because God has already proved his promise to you. And you can read that Romans 6 chapter. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide, so that it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham out of the heavens the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord. When God swears by himself, he's swearing by his, his existence and everything he stands for. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. In blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens. This was the sacrifice for the spiritual seed. Whereas the circumcision was the sacrifice for the physical seed. Okay? and the sand which is on the seashore. So it took care of both. One, Isaac was a type of Christ, symbolic, but he was physical and had children, right? Isaac had Jacob and Esau, okay? Then Jacob had the 12 sons, and his name was changed to Israel, okay? So there it is, okay? Now, Let's just take two minutes and look where we can show, come to Exodus 12, that this took place, Genesis 15, on the Passover day and the night following. Now let's pick it up here in verse 41, Exodus 12. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years. So we had 400 years in Genesis 15. Now we've got 430 because we had 15 years from Genesis 15 until Isaac was born. Then we have 15 years by deduction that Isaac had to be 15 years old. So 15 and 15 is 30 and 400 is 430 years. Okay. Now notice, it was even on the very same day. All the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Israel. What day was that? That was the day after the Passover day, right? So that means that the first part of the pledge that God gave to Abraham took place on the Passover day. As the day began, then you have the night, and then in the morning, Abraham laid out the sacrifice. 
then you have Abraham having the symbolic death, and then the sun went down, and the promise was made, and the sacrifices were burned to ashes. So this is the night to be much observed unto the Lord. See? So that's how that works. Now, this shows that every single day that God says we are to observe the Sabbath, the Passover, unleavened bread, Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles, and the last great day, all picture mammoth important events that will literally take place to fulfill the Word of God. 